From Vistio, this is recorded for Quality Assurance. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. All right, welcome to CXQA Live, our weekly live discussion where we have the opportunity to speak with talented thought leaders and discuss the importance of the most valuable asset in your contact center, the agent. For those of you listening to this discussion via our Recorded for Quality Assurance podcast, we'd like to remind you that we host these sessions live every Tuesday at noon Eastern time. Registration is completely free and incredibly simple, so if you want to add even more value to your Tuesdays, make sure you register today. Here on CXQA Live, we believe that agents with the right tools, training, and connection with your company will be a revenue growth and protection center for your brand. They'll be the best diagnostic tool you have for your business. They'll ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected. They'll produce more and better work, and they'll actually want to stay and contribute to the well-being of your company on the whole. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I am absolutely jepping about today's speaker. <laughs> and by the end of the session, I think you guys are all going to be jepping too. So if you have not already been acquainted with my friend here, or if you have already been acquainted rather, excuse me, you already know what I'm talking about with this jep stuff. But if not, please allow me to introduce you to the founder of Milan Motivates and the VP of Business Development for Callzilla, my dear friend, Milan Batnich. Jacob, I appreciate you having me on this week, and uh, thank you for that amazing introduction. And I'm so excited that you are jumping. I am also jumping on this fine <laughs> Tuesday morning. Good. Yeah, Tuesdays are great days to jump. So now I know a lot of you are probably scratching your heads at this point and wondering what the heck JEP is. Well, what if I told you that JEP is the key to unlocking the full potential of your contact center agents? See, longtime attendees of the show, you already know that we're about all things agent. So Milan, when you and I made this connection and we started talking about JEP, I knew almost immediately that we were already making like an episode in that moment on that introduction call. So I guess without any further ado, Milan, let's just go ahead and kick this off. I'm going to hand the reins over to you and just kind of let you drive. So let's see. Milan, everybody's dying to know, what is JEP? And where did it come from? Yeah. Oh, man, that is a great question to start off with. And, and I love that you coined this as the JEP episode. That, that is phenomenal. So JEP really came from or was formed out of the Japanese concept of Ikigai. So there's a Japanese concept, Ikigai, uh, which really means your reason for being. So every human being has a reason for being. Well, why do you exist? What's your mission? What is your purpose? What are you passionate about? Uh, what are you good at? Where can you make money with what you're good at? How can you make an impact on the world? How can you change the world? So really, what is your reason for being? And so recently, probably within the last 12 months, I realized my icky guy, my reason for being is to help other people find their job, find their uh, or figure out their icky guy and help them with their career growth and advancements and help them being happy or joyful shouldn't say happy. Happiness is more circumstantial, but joyful. So really, uh, I created this JEP out of out of the idea of Ikigai. So it's J-E-P-P-P, -P -P, so three P's. 
And what it means is being able to discover or find your JEP is really discovering what type of work, what type of work environment, what type of manager do you work for that where you would have joy. So where you have joy coming to work, what, what type of work brings you joy? The second letter E is energy. You know, anytime we are doing a role or doing a job that we are really passionate about, that we are, that we are a good fit for naturally, I myself am very outgoing and uh, like to be persuasive. So because of that, you know, speaking in front of an audience really feeds me, really feeds my energy level. So when you're in a role that is a really good fit for who you naturally are, you gain energy from it. Uh, when you're in a role that isn't a good fit for who you are, it zaps your energy and drains your energy. That's why a lot of people, you know, at the end of the day are like, I'm exhausted. I really didn't do a lot physically, but I'm, I'm just drained. I'm exhausted. Or why on Sunday nights, they're not looking forward to going into work on Monday morning because they know that their energy that they regained over the weekend from doing activities they enjoy is going to be drained throughout the week. And then we get into the piece. So passion. I mentioned that a second ago. So finding t the type of work or doing the type of work that you're passionate about. The second P is peace. You know, when you're doing a job that you enjoy and you're in a work environment where you're being managed the way that you need to be managed, uh, you know, Dr. Tony Alessandra talks about or created the platinum rule. The golden rule is treat others how you want to be treated. Well, what if the way I want to be treated, Jacob, isn't the way that you want to be treated? That's not fair. So the platinum rule is treat others the way they want to be treated. So, Jacob, if I know how you want to be treated, I can treat you how you want to be treated. And so when people are in a work environment where their managers are treating them the way they want to be treated and coaching them the way they want to be coached or need to be coached, then there's a peace, there's a calm when you're going to work. You're not overly stressed or stressed out by the work that you're doing or by the work environment or by the manager you're working for. So you, you gain this peace. And then the last P is purpose. So doing work that fulfills your purpose. You know, Simon Sinek coined, you know, finding your why or start with why. So everybody as part of your reason for being has a, has a why. So understanding or discovering what your purpose is in the work that you do and being able to identify that and then live that out in the work that you do every day. So joy, energy, passion, peace, and purpose. Jep. I, I, it's no secret that I love Jep. And if, if you follow me on LinkedIn, you see, I've been kind of polluting everybody's pages with Jep, but it's so interesting, right? Because Jep, I feel like is something that is very rarely experienced or talked about, not just because it's a term that you came up with, but because the actual aspects of joy, energy, peace, passion, purpose, it's all overlooked because there's just so much material like worth that we put in like our jobs. Like what do we look for in a job? It's like, well, we look for the, who's going to pay the most, but while that's, that's good. And that can help us. Um, I've mentioned Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, while that can help us feel financial safety, there's a lot that's being left behind. And I feel like with what you've done with Jep and kind of going back and doing a little bit of research into Ikigai as well, which I highly recommend everybody does as well. Just a really good kind of framework that you can base your work life around. It's almost sad in a way that we have to create something like Jep for this. Now, Milan, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you're doing this. I love, I love this whole aspect of Jep. 
I definitely achieved Jep in this role and being able to host CXQA Live. There's just, I hit all of it, joy, energy, passion, peace, and purpose. Like, I'm happy to unpack that for the next uh, rest of the session. But uh, yeah, I see we've actually got Shafiq in here as well. Uh, Ikigai Maslow, y'all making me want to go back to college. Hey, you know what? You should always want to learn, right? That's you should right. always have like that learning mind. Like don't ever like don't ever try to aspire to be an expert. Like always keep learning, right? Absolutely. The eternal learner. But yeah, so talking about Jep here, in going back to talking about how there are jobs that almost don't have Jep at all, I really look at like the contact center agent as mm -hmm. somebody who absolutely needs Jep. You and I actually had a conversation kind of behind the scenes, Milan, talking about how a lot of people, when they end up at the contact center space, it's not because they went to college and said, I'm going to be a call center agent or contact center. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right? So there's really no, there's no purpose. There's no passion. It's definitely not a peaceful job. And it's hard to be joyous about something where you go in and you get yelled at or you're being held to standards and you're not meeting those standards. So then it's your fault and it's not the company's problem. It's your problem. So mm -hmm. tell me, with Jep being this incredible, incredible thing for just people to embrace as a whole, why is it so important for contact centers to do this? How can leaders embrace this concept of mm -hmm. Jep? and actually see the return from it. If you want to call that ROI financially or ROI in the human aspect, what kind of benefits will contact center leaders see yeah. in using JEP? Well, and I think, and it's a great question, Jacob. I think there's two different kind of levels when we look at it. We can look at it from an overall organizational level or the entire contact center level, and then looking at it from the individual level, the individual agent perspective. So first, like kind of that overarching uh, organizational or departmental perspective. If the type of ROI you look at, if agents are being treated and coached and managed the way that they need to be treated, coached and managed, or want to be treated, coached and managed, then you're going to reduce your contact center attrition, you know, and by increasing retention, typically you'll increase employee engagement. You're going to have a more engaged staff because they're in the right role. They're being coach and manage appropriately based on who they are, the way they need to be or want to be uh, managed. And, and the cool part is it doesn't like really cost a company anything to figure out what drives their employees or their agents or what motivates their agents. You know, Jacob, if you and I are contact center agents and all, all our manager would need to do is ask us, you know, Jacob, in order for you to be successful at peace, happy, fulfilling purpose here at work, you know, how do you need to be coached? And just asking them, and really uh, adjusting their management style for each individual agent. Uh, you know, I don't know who said this quote, but one of my favorite quotes is managing or coaching every employee the same way is like giving every employee the same size shoes. It's just not going to work. <laughs> and I know beforehand in the green room, Jacob, we were talking about heights, but the same thing with shoe size. If I wear a size 11 and a half, and all of my employees vary from sizes seven to 15, but I give everybody a size 11 and a half shoe. And if that's how I manage all of the agents, it's not going to work. It'll work for those that wear a size 11 and a half, maybe a size 12, but those that wear a size 15 or a size seven, it's not going to work. 
So from a high level organizational perspective, you're going to increase employee engagement. You're going to uh, increase employee retention, typically have a happier workplace. But at the agent level, then it's a matter of helping the agent fulfill their purpose um, or fulfill what it is that they enjoy doing or want to do that they're passionate about doing. Like you had mentioned, we don't go into high school. Like when I grow up, I want to work in the CX field. You know, for me, from the age of like eight until the age of 20, I wanted to be a meteorologist. That's why they call me the weatherman. So I went to school for uh, for that. I went to college for that. And while in college, I took a call center job back in September of 2003. So approaching 20 years now and found that, wow, I really enjoy helping people solve their problems. I really enjoy talking to people on the phone and responding as time progressed, responding to email and chat and those sorts of channels. But really it came down to, I felt I was fulfilling a purpose as an agent by helping people solve problems. And I love helping people solve problems. So from an agent level, you're gonna have a more, you know, as an individual agent, you'll see that they're more engaged but really it comes down to finding out what it is. Like I had to ask myself, even before Jeff was developed, what is my purpose? I have one life here on this planet. What am I passionate about? What do I, where do I find fulfillment? And really helping employees. And some employees will say, hey, I just took this job because I need six months to 12 months of experience at a contact center before I can go work for a big brand that I love. <laughs> So I'm just here as like a holdover. I just need some experience so I can go on, so I can move on. But then even in that, it's almost, okay, how do I manage you to help you be successful? Even if you do move on. So that way you can be successful throughout your career. So it's really being able to manage the individual agents based on the platinum role, based on how they need and want to be managed and coached. And You'll see agents that are going to be more happy, more engaged, more successful. Typically, if you have happier agents, you're going to have a higher or higher level of CX uh, within your contact center. You know, your if you treat your employees well, and I know there's quotes flying all over LinkedIn and the internet, or you know, if you treat the employees well, the EX, then your CX is going to improve as well. Which, yeah, I agree with it wholeheartedly. Yeah, it, and I'm sure people probably get tired of me saying this all the time, probably Rob too, because we really do say it all the time. But that whole concept of increasing the EX, increases CX, kind of goes along the lines of like Philadelphia cheese, happy milk comes from happy cows. It's, <laughs> it's that same deal there, but it's so true. And it's still mind boggling to me that people are so quick to rush on to like the latest fad of like, Oh, well we have this tech, this tech, this tech, that's going to improve my CX. It's like, okay, well, what are you defining as your CX? And it's like, how is this going to help your CX? And why are you focusing on your CX and not the foundation of the CX that comes from your employee experience or the agent experience? So it's, it's always, I always love to bring in that, that Philadelphia analogy talking about the happy cows and happy milk, just because it brings a smile to my face, but it is also, very topical at this point in time as well. Kind of going back onto the JEP train, yeah. which is my new favorite word, JEP train. Uh, <laughs> I, I think what's really cool is when you let these agents embrace this concept of JEP, you know, we've already said it twice now, the whole analogy of, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, I don't, nobody says I want to be in CX, but mm-hmm. I feel like if agents had JEP and they had this sense of belonging they could find joy in their work. They had the energy. They could find the purpose, uh, the peace, 
and the passion for it. I think that level of belonging to the company or not even the company, to the industry as a whole, understanding that their role is very crucial, not only in helping create a better customer experience, but in turn, increasing what the company really cares about, which is revenue, get, mm-hmm. seeing that return on investment in the agent. That's really what the company wants to see. And I think if companies kind of adopt this idea of, well, if we try to treat our agents right and we give them what they need and not not what we say they need, but what they actually need, I think you create this incredible environment. You create this culture around it that the agents actually take pride in and they're proud to be a part of your company. You know, we, we read the manifest, the the manifesto or the tenants right before we start the show. And there it is. It's right there. (laughs) Plain to see black and white. And it's really cool too with Jep is that these are also qualities that you can take beyond the workplace as well. Not only finding Jep at work, but finding Jep in your life and Mm -hmm. finding a good balance between the jep of your work life and the jep of life, your life life, being able to feel joy and energy, passion, purpose, and peace at your career and like, and make it a career, not just a job. I actually was having a conversation with somebody today talking about the difference between what a job is and what a career is. Job is just something that you look for in the interim. And then a career is something like, I can actually relate to this. This is what I want to do. And the call center has not really had that kind of level of people wanting to be in that career because it's been overshadowed by so many other different roles and being a contact center agent is no fun. And it's just, it's one of those necessary evils, right? You always hear the contact centers being a necessary evil or a cost center. Beyond all that, kind of giving your agents that that level of self-understanding of what they need and being able to articulate that to management so they can get what they need, not what corporate thinks they need, not what the brand thinks they need, but to actually give them what they need. I think that's just, it's kind of a no-brainer, but that's going to make them feel like more of a part of your company. It's going to result in less stress on them. And hopefully maybe in the long run, you'll see that there'll be a lot less turnover from your agents as well. And yes, once again, I believe Shafiq just said, often agents get stuck into an, I just want to get off the phone funk, which unfortunately does not make them appealing as candidates for other roles, which is very true too. It is just one of those jobs that, Nobody wants to work because they know what comes with it. So here's the big question, Milan. If we're talking about this and we're talking about creating this culture that these agents can embrace and these companies can embrace and embracing culture and building culture is something that's like so important and can result in actual physical ROI. Why is it that a majority of these brands have such a hard time getting behind improving things like agent culture? So that's, wow, great question. From my experience, (laughs) from my experience, uh, from what I've seen is that it takes, it's going to take a lot of work. And, you know, when you look at an operations manager, director, VP, they already have so many things that they're doing, you know, processing reports and looking at data, uh, looking at the different analytics. How do I improve this? How do I reduce this? How do I change this KPI? How do I look at now, you know, the newest thing, CES? How do I look at the customer effort score, you know? And so they have all these things. So a lot of times it's like, okay, supervisors, team leads, senior associates, whatever you want to call them, 
you need to make sure that you're interacting with the agents, you're coaching them, you're checking quality, you're doing all these sorts of things. Uh, but really from top down, is it takes work and, and it's going to take a lot of effort. And I think that's why a lot of companies miss the mark on that because they're already so busy. The leaders are already so busy that they don't take the time or the put in the effort. And, you know, I've seen a couple successful organizations that have actually hired individuals. So it costs some money, but hired individuals that that was their focus. Their focus was to figure out how each of the employees needed to be coached, needed to be managed and being able to figure that out. Again, it doesn't cost anything though to learn that from the agents. It's just communication, communicating with them uh, what it is that they need. And once you do that, you have to be willing to put in the work to change the culture where it's an employee first type of culture. You know, I think of uh, a a book I read last year, Tony Shea's uh, Delivering Happiness. You know, he was the CEO for a while for Zappos in Las Vegas. And the culture that they created uh, that was very employee centric was around finding ways to manage the employees the way they needed to and helping them with their career trajectory and their growth within the organization, or even if it's outside of the organization, you know, being able to help them find their job. If I have an employee and uh, they're not finding job in their current role, but I can help them find it elsewhere. You know, a lot of times uh, organizations do not want to lose the employee. So they try to pigeonhole them or try to hold them when really it's, you know, if, if they're going to fulfill their highest level of JEP or get the most JEP out of their life, you know, sometimes they need to move on. But if they're in a role where they are, you know, it's a role they enjoy, then it's really com- it comes down to putting in the work and figuring out, okay, how do we manage this culture around putting that employee first? So like I said, it was a really long answer. Quick answer is it takes work. So to, uh, to change a culture organizationally or within the contact center, it's going to take work. You know, years ago, I managed a contact center for a BPO and uh, a financial services, a credit card company was my client. And uh, you know, I had 60 inbound sales retention agents where people were calling to cancel their membership. And my agent's job was to help them build value and maintain the relationship with the brand. And, you know, back then I thought I had a management style. And so I had 60 agents. I would manage them all the same way. So I share information, communicate information the same way to all 60, 40 would be jazzed. You know, they'd be excited. Let's get back to work. I can't wait to get back on the phones. 10 of them would be indifferent. Like, you know, I wasn't motivated. I wasn't demotivated. And then 10 of them would be like, I hate this guy. I need to look for a new job. And this was back when Craigslist was active, you know, really strong. So they'd be going on Craigslist during their lunch break and (laughs) and things like that. Where if I would have known more about this and taken the time and done the work to adjust how I communicate to those agents and really help them. And maybe some of those 10 that weren't motivated, maybe it was my communication style. Or maybe it was, hey, sales isn't for me. I, I want to work you know, on a different program or in a different department. But once again, it takes communication, which causes more work. It takes time to discover that w- with each individual agents and be able to help them find their job. And I feel like it's hard for leaders too, to be able to kind of embrace these warm, fuzzy feeling things, sounding things like culture and being able to directly tie it to some sort of data point because it's like, well, it's not really something that you can measure is like how happy are your contact center agents? How, how do they feel? Like, did they feel like they belong? How do you measure that? So I guess that's really the big question there, but 
you're right. Communication really is key to everything and it does take work. And sometimes it's work that brands don't want to do. Sadly. Yeah. And there's so many organizations that focus on people's external or en- extrinsic motivations. You know, uh, let's yep. get uh, in the office. Let's get scooters. Let's get a pool table. Let's get ping pong. Let's get beanbag chairs. But really, it's the intrinsic motivators, the internal motivators. You know, if you if you're motivated by being challenged, then, Jacob, I would want to challenge you, you know, being able to speak to people's internal motivators, because then they'll be able to fulfill their job and be able to fulfill and be successful at work if they're being motivated based on the internal versus, hey, we have beer on tap. Come work here. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, if if a place had beer on tap, I mean... I'm sure a lot of people would, would jump on board that one. <laughs> yeah. I actually ran into a contact center here in Wisconsin, of course, in Wisconsin, that had beer and wine on tap. And uh, they said usually people are really excited about it the first month they're on the floor. And then after that, it just becomes one of those things that's never used. <laughs> yeah. Golly. That's, that's crazy to hear. I, I thought that was just like an imaginary situation, but you have actually confirmed it. So thanks for that. Now, Milan, it does look like we are coming up on time, but really quickly before we log off today and before we go hop in that discussion table after the show, I've got a really cool question for you, and it's going to require some thought. So get ready. And audience, you to participate in this as well. So I've created a poll for this, and we're going to see how this goes. Fine. If you had to pick one aspect of JEP that is most important to the agent, what would it be? All five. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be all five. So what, oh, what aspect you, of that is most important to the contact center agent? Do, do, I, do I get a vote as well? You get a vote just by saying. Okay, I saw it pop up on here. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I hid that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so which one? Oh, my goodness. See, the difficult part is they all kind of build on each other. Right. Which I know we had talked about before. You know, I'm going to, mm, man, oh, man. I can only pick one? You can only pick one. I'm just going to say, man, oh, man, until we run out of time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you got two minutes. Okay, two minutes. I would go with so I, man. Oh, this, this is tough, Jacob. So I'm gonna go with peace. Peace. Explain. Yes. Okay, so here's the reason why I'm gonna go with peace. One of the biggest things that will drain your energy, steal your joy, remove any passion you feel about the work that you do or about the life that you're living, is if you're not at peace with what it is you're doing. So I believe probably the most important is if you're in a role or if you're living a life where you're at peace, then it's much easier for those other things to exist. (sighs) Purpose is right there too. Ah, Jacob, you're tough. You're tough on me. But I I would go with peace just because if you're not at peace, you're stressed. And if you're stressed, you're not going to have joy. You're not going to have energy. You're not going to be passionate about what you're doing. You may not even be able to fulfill your purpose because you're so stressed out by the work that you're doing so yeah there i I was able to justify the purpose to go with peace there you go yeah yes thank you matthew peace is the one it's table stakes uh to exist yes thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah peace is the one there it is table stakes to exist that's yeah wow that's that's good matt man 
Wow. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna unpack that here because we are actually at time for the show. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Milan, great yes, session. Thank, thank you, you so for having much. me. I appreciate it. What was what was the result of the poll though? According to the poll, nobody voted. So <laughs> oh, man, peace. Good job. <laughs> Everybody abstained from voting, or maybe that was an error on my end. Regardless, <laughs> I think we can all go home knowing that peace is the true answer for what contact center agents need. So but seriously, Milan, thank you so much for being willing to do this. This has been a blast. Same. Um, I agree. I love it. I love it. And for those of you who have attended today live in Aramie, do keep in mind that we are going to be at the post-discussion table. So as soon as I hit that nice big red button that ends the session, make sure you hop in that post-discussion table so we can keep the conversation going. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next week. Make sure you all go out there and make a difference in the world today. See ya. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX Live.